0: Hello, I'm Mallory Rubin.
1: And I'm Van Lathan.
0: Check out the Ringerverse podcast from The Ringer for all things superhero movies, nerd culture, and fandom entertainment.
1: We have instant reviews and fun takes on all the latest news and more available now on Spotify.
2: This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
0: This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, dot com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more.
2: Kaz,
0: cold open question of the
2: week. Yeah. Are you more excited for uh, John Cena potentially coming back at SummerSlam or John Cena in Fast 9?
1: Oh, are you kidding me? First off, I'm way more excited for anything Fast and Furious related. The greatest <laughs> cinema spectacle of our lifetime. And especially for 10 Fast, 10 Furious, when we get thrice in a lifetime, <laughs> Cena versus Rock, Hobbs <laughs> versus Toretto. Cannot wait. But yes, let's get it.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of in agreement with you there. Let's start.
0: What's going on, jabronis? It's pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. First
2: Battle Season 1 champion, Michael Lynch. The King of Sad Stop. The Silver Lake Heartthrob. It's Trey
3: Kirby. It's Nick Mundy.
1: This is your real WWE Superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks.
3: Hey, this is WWE Superstar Braun Strowman.
0: My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Goof Harajah. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening, you're listening and you're to, 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 you to this. Listening listening you're listening to. you are listening to. You're listening
2: to. You're listening to The Masked Man Show. The, the Masked Show. Man, the Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Man the Masked Man Show. Man the Masked Man, Man Show. Man. Man. Welcome to The Masked Man Show with Kaz. Guys, I'm at the beach, and I'm... Like, yeah. in a bad microphone situation Sorry for <laughs> that. you know how it goes when you're on the road um speaking of on the road wrestling's about to get back there we talked to drew mcintyre a little bit about that last week and I fun to talk show
1: to- fun show last week
2: i talked to somebody from within the walls of wwe this week and kind of said man Helena in a cell you know left me wanting a little bit and we'll talk about that, too. But I was like, are they really not going to do anything, anything, not even tea? Like, we all know they're not going to do anything until they get back on the road. But it's like, are they not even going to tease the fact that they might do something when they get back on the road? And the person at WWE laughed loudly at the idea <laughs> that they would even tease anything no. before, they, before they had a live crowd uh, to cheer for it. So um, let's talk about Hell in a Cell. Let's talk Um, about it. There were a lot of cells. There was actually a cell on Thursday, on Friday night uh, before the pay-per-view and a cell on Monday night after the pay-per-view.
1: Literally right after we finished taping, I was like, Hey, you know that hell in the cell match we just spent like 20 minutes previewing. Let's just have it on SmackDown.
2: (laughs) If you had to guess from what, from being, from working there, did that feel like um, the card is too full? So we're going to move this off the card or did that feel like,
1: nah, I mean, there's uh, the the only thing, and, and me and, and Babyface production assistant John Carmo was talking before you got on. Uh, there's definitely been times where you get to TV, and uh, the script changes, and there's you know match changes and all that. But I've never been a part of something where, hey, we're gonna push this whole pay per view thing match. Uh, and just kind of like, instead of having that the pay-per-view, let's just like have it all at TV. Like that's, that's never happened. And even if it has happened, it would be like a tease to like, oh, they're going to, this is clearly going to be a, a, a non-finish. And then, you know, you get the real deal on Sunday because you gotta, you gotta pay for it. And it's weird. Cause it's like, I'm surprised that it hasn't happened more often during the Thunderdome era. It's like, you don't really have tickets to sell. You got a network, so you know who's gonna watch. It's not like you got to sell pay-per-views. So, like, I'm surprised that it hasn't happened more often. But uh, it was weird. It was definitely weird. They just kind of just had the match on on SmackDown, and it was good. And that was it. He wasn't present at Hell in a Cell talking about Roman Reigns. Ray wasn't present there. And uh, I don't think that's 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 never happened in my in my era at, in WWE. But uh, I think
2: there was a time when they did it before, and I, I can't even remember what it is. But I feel like they might have done something like this, but. You're right in the sense that, like, the fact that it wasn't to set up something, you know, and and it wasn't like a, a mid-tier match where they were like, oh, we don't have. I mean, I I think there've been times where it felt like where they realized they didn't have room on the card and they ran
3: yeah.
2: a tag team title match on SmackDown instead, you know, prior to the show or something. But like when they announced that not that a title Reigns, match, no, when they announced that Reigns Mysterio was going to be on SmackDown, I would have bet my child, my children, <laughs> that that it was a setup to have. To have a tag team Hell in a Cell match with Jay or Jimmy and Roman versus Father Papa and Son Mysterio at Hell in a Cell, like I just assumed they knew they needed to go further with the match, and then and so they were just going to set that up, you know, put the push the fast forward button, but they didn't, and so, uh, you know, that was a fun Hell in a Cell match on Friday, but I I didn't even watch it live. Like it wasn't like I was drawn to the TV. I, I it looks at the end of the day like the rationale was. We don't care about pay-per-views right now, <laughs> so let's give let's give Fox something that we that, that they care about. You know, yeah. like, let's make let's make SmackDown
1: exciting. It did kind of feel like it did kind of feel like both shows needed a jolt because they did the same thing on Raw. They were just like, hey, you know what? Let's have Bobby Lashley and Xavier Woods. Which, funny enough, I mean, for my money, of all the Hell in the Cell matches this week. That is was the best, best one. one. <laughs> yeah, Bobby Lashley, and Xavier Woods, kind of tore the house down and continues the 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 Xavier Woods Renaissance tour of of twenty twenty one of like, oh yeah, no, this guy's actually a ten year plus veteran and is getting better and is and, and should be in contention for some singles titles or at least some singles accolades uh, for the time being. But as far as you know, them just kind of putting on Ray and Roman Reigns on SmackDown. It it didn't seem so much more as of like we don't care about pay-per-views, but more of like, hey, let's just let's let's give the TV watching audience something to get into. I mean, I feel like right now there's a whole lot of stuff on TV. I feel like ratings are up. And and I hate, I hate, hate being the ratings guy uh, when it comes to this show, but like ratings are up on other sports, like the NBA finals are killing. You know baseball and their sticky substance thing has got people interested, and in, and you know the only place where live sports have kind of like stagnated has been professional wrestling. Well, for, so. foreign objects,
2: foreign objects are over. That's what the baseball thing has taught us. <laughs> Absolutely, um, it's been a long time since we had like a good old fashioned. Foreign international objects, yeah.
1: I love me a good baseball scandal. The only time I'm ever interested in baseball is when people are cheating, there's drugs being used, or just terrible scandals. So, baseball needs to get into you know, they need they probably need Vince McMahon like you know, running Major League Baseball at this point because that would absolutely get me interested. You would think WWE would get some of that trickle down, right? If it
2: you know, foreign objects and drugs being used is what gets you watching.
1: And then in a different time, that was definitely <laughs> the way to go. Drugs and foreign objects.
2: Let's talk about Hell in a Cell. Um, yeah. let's see. Charlotte Flair uh over Rhea Ripley. Oh, that was that was the big DQ finish. Ripley had, had enough and just started wailing on Charlotte on the outside. Doesn't it feel like every single one of these matches that wasn't Hell in a Cell, they projected exactly why it wasn't a Hell in a Cell with the finish? Like, and they were like, oh no. We already planned an outside interference finish. You're like we are. We already planned a, a DQ finish. You know, so they couldn't do it in the cell. But um, that was a good match. I feel like is Rhea Ripley
1: doing it for you as 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 champ? Is she is she doing it for you?
2: I was I was explaining to the wife when she was because she was watching it with me, and I was just like, she's in a tough spot for a lot of reasons. One, yeah. well, we talked about. It. I mean, I I feel like I bring it up too much, but like one, she was she was playing the giant on NXT, and now yeah. she shows up and she. Walks backwards into a feud with Charlotte Flair, who's like got three inches on her, you know, and right. not, and and so it's not just the size, obviously. It's like the style; it's like she can't play big persons, different different, you know, mentality, different moveset. Um, she also got thrust into the championship spot because they do they don't have a lot of paths to getting people over in the women's division in WWE, which is bonkers. But it still seems like there's only one or two. I mean, it's the it's championship match or nothing, right? So mm-hmm. you can either have her chase or you can have her kind of be the the Phenom champ and they chose option B, which is fine, but it's, I mean, it would probably be a little bit better off if she had some time to build up and, and get the crowd behind her and all that kind of stuff before the run.
1: I think that's a big problem with, with, with the WWE right now. I feel like if you're not in the championship hunt or the tag team championship hunt, like there's really nothing for you. So I, I, I propose this Dave, and I know we're supposed to talk about how in a cell, but I'm going to propose this for you. At what point do we start getting into gender matches? Like real into gender matches, not just like, you know, throwing Reginald out there to get like, you know, to do a couple of kip ups and 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 clever uh, evasions for for ten minutes. But like at what point do we're just like, you know what? I want to watch Charlotte Flair versus Seth Rollins. Like, I think that would be a great match to watch. Like, at what point do we just start saying, like, hey, if you really want to get this chicken shit heel over, right, as a male, have them cost Rhea Ripley the women's title match. Like, just go up there. Just have, just have like, <laughs> just have, like, I don't know. Just have, like, MVP just come and just hit, like, the pay dirt on, on Rhea Ripley. And now we got, like, a best two out of three falls. Rhea Ripley versus MVP. Where, if you got chicken shit heels, yeah, I want to boo that guy when I watch him. And if you want to build a woman's story without necessarily having them in a woman's, you know, title match, it's almost... That's almost a bigger look for you. Like, I mean, not to sound like quasi sexist about it, but like, it's almost a bigger look for you to have a match with an established male star than the woman's title. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's not, and it's not no fault for the woman's title or how it's built or anything like that. But I just think the opportunities are so rare and such a must see sort of thing that it's like, I know WWE probably would never do it, but why not? Why not? It's 2021. You know, we're, we're all about equality. We're all about, like, em- empowerment and all this type of stuff. It's the only place in sports where you can have true battles of the sexes, okay? Like, tennis, oh, they've true. tried it. Okay. <laughs> T- true. true battles of the sexes, all right? Like, tennis, they did it, and we still talk about it to this day. We only imagine it in the NBA. It'll never happen in the NFL. And uh, baseball and softball are two completely different sports. Why in the world... Is the WWE not making intergender matches a reality at some point? At some point. They got close. They got close when I was there. Dangerously close with Nia Jax. And I want to say either Dean Ambrose or Randy Orton. And it was a Royal Rumble. It was my last Royal Rumble. Mm -hmm. And the biggest pop of the night. Was when Nia Jax took a 619 and then got RKO'd and mm-hmm. tossed over the Royal Rumble. Like, I don't even remember who won that Royal Rumble. I think Seth Rollins won that Royal Rumble, but like, I don't even remember for that. I just remember for Nia Jax getting in there, getting her shit in. And then those RKO's and that six I'm just like, why aren't you doing this all the time, WWE? Why aren't you doing this all the time? So I, I don't know. I know it'll never happen, but I just want to know your thoughts on why. Be the voice of reason, Dave. Talk me off the ledge. <laughs> okay. There are a number of reasons why. Uh, number one
2: is <laughs> they're not, they're not going to do it. One, well, first and foremost, because... A lot of PR, a lot of image issues.
1: Right, absolutely.
2: In, in a world where domestic violence by professional athletes is a bigger issue than it's ever been, we're not right. going to have men punching women in WWE.
1: But it's not professional. It's not domestic violence in this case. It is... No, no, prof- I know. It I- is... Sport competition. It is athletic competition. At that's um, this is what
2: they're saying. This is not what I'm saying. Here, here's what I'm saying. If they actually did do it, if some yes. if Vince McMahon woke up tomorrow and was like, I know what it's gonna be. Intergender <laughs> match. If that's what happened, um then <laughs> within we would like two minutes later, we would be having a podcast about why the hell they're doing intergender matches because you know that it would immediately like it would take about five seconds for it to go from this sporting contest between charlotte flair and seth rollins and do a hard pivot into charlotte flair makes like bobby lashley mad and so bobby lashley says my sister's coming next week to beat you <laughs> up but it's bobby lashley in a dress and they and <laughs> and then bobby lashley in a dress and charlotte are like this is what it would be in wwe right
1: well here's what we could do we could start small let's start small all right let's get Let's get Raquel Gonzalez versus Kushida for the NXT Cruiserweight title. You know what I mean? Let's start small. Let's keep it mat based. NXT is the sport heavy uh, promotion. You know what I mean? Well, like, I mean, it's there's, not- there's,
2: probably a, there's probably a shocking amount of intergenerate match experience on the NXT roster right Extremely now. Extremely. Im-
1: yes, absolutely. I mean, E.L. Shirai. The best match I've seen with Io Shirai was an intergender match at uh, Lucha Underground, which tore tore it up. I mean, S- uh, S- Santos Escobar. I mean, like all these guys. Like they've had M- Frankie Monet, another person, the former Taya Valkyrie, has had some great intergender matches. Like the
2: first time I ever saw Candice LeRae, I'm pretty sure she was like bleeding oh, yeah. from the head and putting the sleeper hold on some dude. I mean, like, oh yeah.
1: The great! One of the greatest, the greater wrestling vines in, in the history of wrestling is Candice LeRae taking a uh, lumbar check from Cedric Alexander and bouncing like nine feet in the air. <laughs> you know, like and, and listen, I don't know. I I feel like in a, in in if you did if you if you tried to sell me intergender Matt, and I know we're supposed to talk about Helena Sun. I swear we'll get back to it, but it just this just took me to a different place. If, if, I, I swear to you, in two thousands, in the early two thousands, in the Divas era. I absolutely be 100% with you like, no, this is no place for intergender matches. And you know what? They did have intergender matches back then when it was just divas. And and it wasn't so much of a a competition-based element. And they didn't have the tons of talented female competitors that they do have now. And it's like, listen... If you're going to sit here and tell me, if you're going to have if you're going to have Triple H say, "Hey, we don't need to have a women's only pay-per-view, even though Evolution was awesome. We don't need to have a women's only pay-per-view to show that showcase our women because our women are the main event. Our women are part of the show." I'm like, "All right, well, how do you take that a step further, Triple H?" How do you really put your money where your mouth is, Triple H? What you do, you give me Charlotte Flair versus Seth Rollins at Survivor Series. You do a battle of the sexes. You get Charlotte Flair giving up her five dopest women's wrestlers around. You give me Charlotte and, and, and the four horsewomen and Rhea Ripley as a fifth against, like, Seth Rollins and four other guys. And then you just, and, and just for your best, Daniel Bryan, Adam Cole, And Kyle O'Reilly, a bunch of mid-sized dudes and just let them just go. And I guarantee you that will be a ratings bonanza, a real battle of the sexes. Do it one time. You don't even got to do it all the time. Just do it one time, WWE. Give it to me once. And if you don't think that's going to bump a rating, if you don't think that's going to get you a 3.0 on Nielsen, you're bugging. Because me talking about it right now got me excited for it. Let's, let's have the real battle. Let's turn Survivor Series 2021 into the battle of the sexes. One night only. Best women in the world. Best men in the world. There'll be a weight requirement. Nobody over 235 pounds. Get all the cool, flippy dudes. Get Ricochet in there. Get Adam Cole. Get AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, and Daniel Bryan. And then you give me Charlotte... Ripley Bailey, Bianca, and banks, and tell me that ain't gonna blow the roof off wherever they're having it. Talk me off the ledge again dave <laughs> Did, I, I i disagree with you on principle, so I couldn't really
2: internalize all of what you were saying, but the way that you
1: just lined that up, oh now, yeah, oh yeah, come come to the dark side, if Dave you to the told dark side me,
2: if you if you told me that they were gonna do an intergender survivor series
1: oh yeah come now, on man. now i'm now come i'm interested on.
2: <laughs> because you can book that in a lot of different ways mm-hmm. to sort of cover up some of the problematic parts of it and <laughs> and it's just a one-off so it's
1: not like oh man just the one-off i don't think i don't think charlotte should be going head up with like bronze brock lesnar or, or or bobby Lashley, any of those people i don't think that makes true sense
2: you can kind of book it you can kind of book like the Giants, the men's division into the title matches that night. And mm-hmm. then the Survivor Series team is more of like the Seth Rollins is of the world.
1: Yes. The workhorses. Like who's the real workhorses over here. We're going to have Charlotte and Seth walk in, walk in one day and be like, man, Seth, you've been getting by on your, on your morals for so long where it's really me who's carrying this show. All right. I'm the real main event. I'm the real gem of this place. And I'm gonna prove it to you. When I get the four other best women in the world, you get your four best, and we'll see who really gets it done in that in that in that in that squared circle. Full disclosure: Before we got
2: on the show, I told the guys to come up with some just like ideas of things that would the big things that WWE should do to get people psyched for you know the return to live TV and live pay per views and stuff. I, was this one of the things that was on your list, Cass? No, or I'm, this I'm, just I'm, to you?
1: I'm legitimately freestyling this off the top of my head right now. Now I'm just like, yo, Battle of Sexes Survivor Series 2021. Open up the, put it in the garden, put it in Madison Square Garden. That is a <laughs> one day sellout immediately. Uh, you're probably right. <laughs> I'm you're probably telling right. you probably You do it one time and one time only.
2: I don't. I really hesitate to. I really hesitate to say this out loud to give this worm any more attention. And he deserves, but Joey Ryan, who was me too, did, you know, frog march out of professional wrestling. Good riddance yes. to the dude. As one of the, I think when he realized that he was done and he was never going to, there's no reason trying to like, you know, keep friends and whatever men fences or anything like that. I think I remember this correctly. He started posting, you know, he had bar wrestling and he used to have a stake in, in the uh, PWG, I think, but he had a he had bar wrestling and maybe another access to another tape library. I just heard posting the inner inner gender matches on YouTube and like cutting them up into pieces and labeling them like crazy because there was this just like r- just wacky number of people searching for men for intergender matches on YouTube, not mm-hmm. wrestling fans, like mm-hmm. just people looking for this stuff. So if he's, you know, if that's right, uh, you probably have a really if good that if that gum <laughs> on the
1: sh- if that gum stain on the shoe of society can make a good a ton of money uh, with with intergender matches from years ago, you cannot tell me. H Vince Pritchard and the gang <laughs> cannot make a battle of the sexes Women, one night yeah. only that battle shit would be sexes. that shit will be front that'll be headline news on sports yeah, center it's true. if they did it's it true. one night and one night only i'm telling yeah. you let's 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 let the powers that be the folks that uh, at the ringer and the people who listen to this show that are that are higher ups at the wwe that i know listen to this show pass this on and I want you to tell me why this will not be a good idea. Tell yeah. me this won't be a good right, idea. This,
2: this, I don't know. I'm, he's winning me over. Listen. It's way better. Way better than my idea of white guys versus black guys. So you know, I don't
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> we could do that too. We can do it. For, we can do it for Juneteenth, twenty twenty-two. Uh, you know what I mean? Like no, let's never, wait, <laughs> I don't never. even know.
2: John, John's falling off his chair. I can see it in the video, but. <laughs> Listen, I guess we leave that in, but for the, for the record, we all know that this is, WWE is going to have a white guy with a black guy. WrestleMania Race War.
1: <laughs> WrestleMania Race War in 2023. I can't wait. One of these days. We'll have Dr. Oh, Omar Johnson, that special guest host. We'll have Omar Johnson and Clay Travis as the special guest <laughs> oh, host God. for each team. Oh,
2: my God. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience.
0: Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com.
2: Spring is here and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily, yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol and select markets. Product availability may vary by Regency app for details.
1: Back to Hell in a Cell, yes. Rewir Ripley in Charlotte was good until it wasn't. What what else happened?
2: (laughs) Bel Air and Bailey, they were at Hell in a Cell. That was pretty exciting. Uh, That was great. That was, it was a really, really good match. Those two got some great chemistry. I don't know. The good thing about Bailey is a heel, and maybe this is just so obvious is that the women's division—I mean, both halves of it—but you know, the women's division overall didn't have a someone with that level of just work rate. Like, but but how to describe it? Bailey almost has like. Like she could, she has the she can work with anybody better than yeah. any. I mean, she has the most malleable sort of working style. I'm trying to think who like the who. I mean, she's like the a male equivalent. Yeah, I mean, I mean, she's like she's like ravishing. Rick Rude used to be back in the day when they would put the Warrior whoever with her with him because they knew he'd get a good match out of him. And not that Bianca Belair is the Ultimate Warrior by any stretch of the imagination, but like he, she's a good hand. But she's also like a top of the card worker,
1: right? Yeah, I, I was thinking Kurt Hedding, Mr. Perfect. Like, yeah, I, I was great thinking example. like somebody who who doesn't need the title, looks good with it, but doesn't need it, and their best attribute is making their opponent look like a million bucks, and that's what Bailey does all the time. She's kind of like the elder statesman of the women's division now, which still seems mm-hmm. crazy considering how sort of young this woman's. "Quote unquote, women's revolution still is like it's, we're we're going almost on the decade of it at this point. Like we're we're on the other side of that decade yeah. of, of the the whole call ups from from the NXT takeover. But um, the the job was done, man. Like the job is to make Bianca Belair look yeah. like you know the next. I don't know the next the next massive star." in the WWE, and if there's anybody who I think is gonna benefit so much from crowd interaction, it's gonna be her, and I think they're putting, they've done a great job of making Bianca Belair, not saying she wasn't capable in the ring, but legitimizing her, you know, like more so like, okay, there's so many, there's so many times you can say like somebody has the tools, somebody can have this, somebody can have that, but like after a while you gotta start having like, okay, so what are these matches I can go back and watch and be like, yeah, watch this match. That's in Man. there. Bianca Belair and Bailey uh, tore it down <laughs> at Hell in the Cell. The K.O.D. onto the ladder was was fantastic. Um, the gear was fantastic. Like it. It's, she's just. I'm just. A, I, I'm such a fan. I'm su- There's. It's been a long time that I've been like a real, true fan of somebody's work. Just overall, like presence and stuff, and being like, yeah, this person is gonna, you know, pay the rent for the next like fifth, five years or however long she wants to do this. Um and Bianca Belair is that man. Like she's she's just got it all. And now she's starting to get the matches under her belt. Like she's already got a classic at WrestleMania under her belt. That's with Sasha Banks. She's but got she a had- Hell in a Cell match under her belt that went really well. And um, you know, it was it was great. It was great. And and more props to Bailey again for doing what Bailey does and just getting great matches out of anybody she's in the ring with. I'm trying to think of who the, the Bianca Belair Comp is
2: as far as somebody who came up with with the machine so clearly behind them. Um, I mean, it might be as bad. It might be you might go have to go back to Roman Reigns or the rest yeah. of the dudes in the Shield to someone who is just like such an an obvious bet.
1: It was such a, it was such a, an obvious like as soon as that person was you know as soon as that person came out on NXT, it's like yep, he's the, he's the he's the thoroughbred. So to bring this full
2: circle, when I was talking about trying explain to my wife how. Rhea Ripley had a bunch of forces working against her. I actually think having her side-by-side with Bianca Belair, them being one and two in the Rumble, I mean, the last two remaining in the Rumble and then have them both winning the championships at WrestleMania, I think that might be a net... I mean, that might not be a net positive for Ripley. I mean, to to be positioning her as the next big thing is one thing, but, but to be positioning her as, like, one of two next big things and the other one is just, like, shooting to the moon it doesn't necessarily reflect well on her, but anyway, um, we got, we have other stuff to talk about. So, uh, Alexa bliss over Shayna Baszler, Seth Rollins over Cesaro. Stop me. If you want to uh, talk about any of those, but then, you know, the big match to the night was Bobby Lashley, uh, over drew McIntyre. We both called it. It looks like, um, well, I mean, clearly Bobby Lashley is moving on to moving on to bigger and better things or different things. He fought Xavier Woods on Monday, as you mentioned, he's going to be fighting Kofi Kingston at the, um, Money in the bank pay per view. There you go. Thank you, John. I was trying. I kept trying to say TLC, and um, mm. the, that was a really, really good match. Bobby and Drew inside the cell. Uh, the the storyline of. The, I mean, the moment of the night was the was the hand. <laughs> what the hell was? Whose hand was that? Whose so hand was that? For anybody not listening or or not who didn't watch or who like me didn't watch it, didn't catch it the first time. Uh, there was a spot towards the end of the match where where Bobby like basically choke slam Drew from the apron onto the floor, and then the camera cut to like a cutaway, and then when it cut back to Drew on the floor, there was you could see these like hands from underneath the ring pushing <laughs> broken pieces of table from underneath the ring onto the floor around him. And at f- the first time I saw it, I was like, "How is that guy's? How is that dude's job to make?" it looked more messy down there or like what, Hey, what was, I was trying to think of what the idea was. And then you go back and watch it and you realize that the initial shot of the chokeslam didn't show the floor and that it was a crap. They, 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 other people figured this out that, that drew got slammed onto a crash pad of some sort. And they got rid of the, then when they did the camera cut, because they're in the Thunderdome, they could pull this off. When they did the camera cut, they moved the crash pad and they, then they had the dude pushing the table out. So it looked like he'd gone to the table. First of all, that's, they almost got away with it. So you got to yeah, kind of for those meddling line.
1: kids <laughs> their dog too.
2: And I guess, and I, I mean, I really wish that they were learning lessons inside the Thunderdome that they could translate to being back outside in the real world. Right. And not just like, but this is a, it's an interesting, fun, cool thing to do with your ability to do it in the Thunderdome. I guess I kind of wonder why they didn't do it with a bigger spot. Like if you could figure out, the crash pad situation and make it an invisible crash pad, then why not slam off the top rope to the outside or, you know, something nuts instead of like a bump that, you know, Mick Foley takes on a, you know, when he's like taking his vitamins in the morning, (laughs) anyway, uh, congratulations to Bobby Lashley. He's a hell of a champion. Um, He and, and MVP are operating at an incredibly high level and drew Despite that funny bump moment, came out of it with a gnarly looking back. And I think that's what's gonna kind of live on forever for him and his his story. You know, I mean, he he uh, he he got close to winning the match and and and, you know went through hell to do it. And I think that that says a lot about him. It's gonna be interesting to see what happens with him moving forward. We both get we both, i think sort of fantasy booked him switching to smackdown at the at the lottery, um which makes a lot of sense there are rumors today that Big E is going to raw or earlier this week. Maybe that Big E is a sure thing for the raw roster, Um, which would be interesting to see him reunited on the same show as the rest of the new day. When uh, the reason why he took him apart was to give him the big singles push. And he really hasn't gotten the full bite of that, you know I mean? Like, um, but regardless, you can see the logic behind that sort of sort of McIntyre for big E swap. You know, yeah. if, that, if that's part of if, that, if that's part
1: of the draft, yeah, I almost feel like I almost feel like they're kind of doing Big E a favor with this, right? Like, I feel like once he left the new well, well, once the new day was split up, it was almost a sure thing that you know he was going to get that universal title run or universal title look, and not for nothing, I think Roman Reigns is doing such a good job as the the monster heel champion. That it might almost do Biggie a, a disservice, in my opinion, anyway, it might almost do him a disservice to be that guy to take it off of him, you know. And I almost feel like it's a better fit with him in 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 that WWE title chase if the switch does happen, if he does end up going on wrong. there There's a lot of truth to that, and I, and also I agree, like
2: with what, what Roman's doing now. I mean, Roman's basically playing the old school like territorial babyface champion, and then like all instead of a bunch of monsters coming through town. He just goes one by one through all of like the top level babyfaces who can afford to take the loss, who can afford yeah. to, you know, like Kevin Owens is going to be fine. He could have done Samoa Joe for three months. He could have done uh, AJ St- babyface AJ Styles for three pay per views. You know, what I mean, it's just the kind of established dudes who are going to be fine on the other side of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we haven't really seen him in the position of of taking on Daniel Bryan, obviously another one. We haven't even seen him in the position of taking on somebody like Biggie who's on the come up. And and that would be, you know, by our for all of our wrestling expectations would say whenever Biggie finally gets the championship match, then that's his moment, right? right? Right. And if it's and Roman Reigns, whether he took the title off of him or lost to him, neither one would quite be satisfying, I guess, in the same way uh, or in the way that you would expect it. Now Biggie versus Bobby Lashley, Big, I mean, there's a whole lot of options you you could see with him on Raw. Um. I mean, I know this is going to be the easiest thing and they've said they would never do it. The, the The new day will always continue as a spiritual group, but how great would it be if they reunited on like, you know, the day after the, the lottery and Biggie just like just took a chair to boat to Xavier to, <laughs> to, to Z- to Z- Z- and Kofi. Just beat
1: the hell out of them, just like uh, so that would- No, don't speak this into existence, Dave. I want the New Day to be the one group who never has the jealous member who never breaks up. I need, I need that black brotherhood story told for the rest of time, Dave. Okay, the New Day is very important to us young black wrestling fans who need them to be able to stay on their own separate paths without having the typical horsemen. NWO shield DX breakup. They just got to be some guys that can see each other walking past. them. Like, oh, Hey, what's up? Oh, Hey, good. Oh, you doing good. Yeah. You know, I got this time. How you doing? All right, man. T- take it easy. Daps, daps, daps. And then, and then it keeps it moving. That's totally okay. It is totally okay. What's up, baby face producer, John.
3: I hear you. I hear you. I agree with you, but you can't tell me the idea of like a heel Biggie that's like the preacher dude still as like a heel just like going off. You can't tell me that wouldn't be a great character though.
1: Listen, there's I I'll, I'll be lying to you if I didn't uh I I may or may not have pitched Biggie as um a swole Doctor Umar. Uh, if he ever <laughs> went heel. Yes, uh, that's what we mean. <laughs> I think, I, I honestly think it would be hilarious. And I think it would be instant heat wherever he got to do it. But I, you know, I think I truly believe in my heart of hearts the new day is too important to the black wrestling community to ever go through the same tropes that every single stable has seen to go through. Okay. I think they mean more as, a, as, as, as wrestlers. As an idea, as a group, if they were the one group who were just like, mm, I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing well, too. You're doing good. Yeah. And when they see each other, it's love. It's never no beef. And, you know, like if they, if they got to wrestle each other for a number one contenders match, have a banger. Go ahead and have a banger with Kofi. Go ahead and have a banger with Woods. Shake hands, hug each other afterwards, and then keep it pushing. It is okay, New Day. Don't be those guys. When you go back to Raw, if you go back to Raw, E, please, for the life of me, don't. If you see a steel chair next to the backs of Woods and Kofi, just let the chair go. Don't pick it up. Just sit on it. Don't don't try. Don't do the Seth thing, please. I'm begging of you. We need you to be the bastions of positivity that you've always been. We need that. No matter what Dave says, we don't need that violence. I'll I'll defer to you on this, but (laughs) yes,
2: maybe at least at least play with it. Right. Maybe they come back. Maybe, maybe Biggie takes him out with a chair in suspicious circumstances. And then like a bunch of babies, whatever the baby faces come out to make the save. And it turns out they were all the New day were all in it together and they take the chair to the baby faces or something,
1: you
3: know? Maybe or he, like he, what if he what, what if day? like
1: he he hits he hits Woods with a chair one day and then Woods looks at him like, dude, what are you doing? And he's like, uh, I think this is what I'm supposed to do. And he's like, nah, <laughs> dude, that hurt. Why'd you do that? It's like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. And they just hug it out. And then they just That's done They tried it. And it's like, oh, the, the, the just some just trying something on. Is this this what we're supposed to do? Like, no. No, I think this feels right. It's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry too. They just like each other, they just like it out and, and go their separate way.
2: Well, speaking of trying something on, it looks like WWE's trying some stuff on, on Raw. We got uh all the all of the like kind of the money in the bank qualifying matches on the men's side were like established megastar versus like up and comer, and it was all they were all platforms for the up and comers, right? Um, yeah, that was tight. Riddle over Drew McIntyre, Ricochet, and his Black jeans over AJ mm. Styles.
1: <laughs> this casual Fridays ricochet.
2: And we also got over on the women's side. We got they got some interesting stuff too. Nikki Cross has got the, that superhero gimmick. Uh, um uh Alexa Bliss and has got her little her claws into Reginald, and we got this Eva Marie and Dewdrop thing. I I don't know if um it's ever I feel like WWE is saddled. Piper Niven with his name do drop that you just have to it has to sound dismissive when it comes out of your mouth.
1: <laughs> yes. I, I yeah. don't
2: know why you need to change somebody's name to something dumb ever but it, it anyway it's good to see you're on TV.
1: It's a good it's a good look for Piper Niven. Good look. And it's Piper good Niven. That they
2: realize that like Eve Marie can't like at least the thing that we were all complaining about for the you know two months ago which is did you forget that even Marie can't wrestle? I guess they didn't forget that, right? They're they they going to be able to use her in some sort of role to get other people over. So we'll see. Not mad at We'll it. see.
1: Um, as far as Nikki Cross goes, I I might be alone on this, Dave. I think it's adorable. I, I think, think it's the great. superhero thing is adorable for Nikki Cross. Like they tried to make Nikki Cross like this, like you know when sanity was popping, this little like mm-hmm. unhinged sort of thing. And anytime she tried to act all crazy, I'm just like, oh. This is she's just adorable. She's just adorable. Like who's she's all like bouncing around on the ropes, all tiny and and, and adorable. And she's like, th- this 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 fits. This fits. It's gonna of course it's gonna draw the ire of some of the internet wrestling community. It's like oh my gosh, what are they doing, Nikki Cross? Da, 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 da. Like Molly Holly vibes all the way. She is gonna be way more over as this. Like I know I'm not a real superhero, but I got tons of heart and spunk. Like I know it's gonna. Come on, dude! It works every single time. Not every everybody in the internet wrestling community wants every wrestler to be super serious and super. Mm, I'm gonna kick you in the face. No, you you need you need some cutes. And I'm sorry, Nikki Cross, basically being the female Hurricane is fucking adorable. And we gotta. I, I'm 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 with it. I'm with it. I'm not mad at it. I mean, frankly,
2: WWE would be better off if they just took all the gimmicks that have worked in the past 50 years of pro wrestling and put them in a. You know, one of those, what are the things you spend the balls for the lottery for whether they put them in a hopper and, uh, and and just draw them out and just randomly paired them with everybody who came up through the developmental system. They'd probably work better than whatever they're doing now. I don't mean that sound down. I just like old gimmicks. Speaking of old gimmicks or new gimmicks or things we want to see back. I I was saying, you know, there's all these rumors that we're going to have John Cena at the SummerSlam. Uh, there's a quote that went, where is this? Oh, when he was on the tonight show. He said, I'll definitely be back to WWE. I don't know when. Well, a lot of people think it's going to be at SummerSlam. You get him versus Reigns at SummerSlam and then Brock versus Lashley, which is one of the ideas. I mean, who knows? But, you know, obviously you got to wonder. You start doing, you start doing the, you know, fantasy booking around. Where does that leave Drew McIntyre for one? There's a million other people you could put in the sort of top of the card. There's a lot of fun stuff you could do. But it seems like they're waiting. They're going to start pulling out all the stops at some point. Oh, Becky Lynch is the other name that that people keep floating around as as maybe being on the cusp of a return. Daniel Bryan. I mean, one of the beautiful things about Daniel Bryan being gone this long is imagine if they just wheeled him out like a month before SummerSlam and they were like, he's got a match too. I mean, like you could he he like could he could transition at this very moment to the triple H spot of like, I'm just going to wrestle three times a year, but it's going to be a big deal every time I do. Right. I mean, like everybody would immediately accept Daniel Bryan in that role.
1: Yeah. I think Daniel, I, and I, I think I'm more comfortable with that as Daniel Bryan being that guy, you know, like he's wrestled. So he, he, I don't know what the, what the equivalent of, of mileage on a hoe for a wrestler. That dude's got a lot of, I has got a lot of miles on him man. like, and I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right with Daniel Bryan being a, a special attraction, dude, who comes out and you know maybe four times a year or six times a year has a, a marquee match with somebody, and or has like a two month run and then goes away for a little bit. So I, I'm hoping that's the case. I'm, I'm I'm almost almost certain that's the case too. When, when it comes to ABRAS, so I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at
2: all. And Seth Rollins versus Edge is the next is the most is the most recent adi- rumor addition of this card.
1: Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's a lot of, there's a lot of apple left to bite off that um, you know, Seth's for those who may not remember back in the day when Seth was uh, you know, down with the authority, Edge was a very important part in establishing Seth Rollins as a heel and, you know, uh getting that baby face uh heat as uh, you know, almost almost stomped his neck out, you know what I mean. So I think there's there's a little get back there as well, you know. And it's Edge, bro. Like if if there's anybody I could trust, to like pick up a story from seven to eight years ago and pick up like it's nothing. I think it's I think it's it's definitely him. So uh, and it should be a great match too. He looked he looked phenomenal at WrestleMania. So uh, I, I'm I'm looking forward to that.
2: What else What else do you guys have on your list of things you'd want to see them do for SummerSlam? Or just as they get back on the road, but what are, some, what are some other big moves that they could make?
1: I'm really looking forward to Bobby and Kofi. I think Bobby Kofi is going to be a great main event match. But, I mean, you, you keep hearing the rumblings of Brock Lesnar, and I really want to see Brock versus Bobby. But I really, really want to see Paul Heyman's relationship with Roman when Brock comes back. You know, like, I feel like that's a great story that needs to be told. I feel like that's something that, you know, if if we're going to hit that rubber match at WrestleMania or have another, you know, if it's not Cena or if it's not Rock or if it's not Drew or Bobby, like, I'm down to run it back with Roman and Brock one more time with Brock as, like, the super hot baby face. You feel me? So, I mean, like, there's, there's things there. There's things there. Um, also, man, like, you know, you mentioned Becky Lynch. You mentioned Becky, uh, you know, she's coming off a of mama duty and, uh, you know, there's a lot there, uh, that we didn't really get to explore with her after WrestleMania and didn't really get to explore with her, um, you know, as, as, you know, with the man era and she's kind of what they've been missing a little bit, man, like a little bit of that unpredictability. So, um, there's, there's plenty of things there and I'm hoping I'm really hoping that, uh, you know, by the time we get fans and crowds for Raw, SmackDown, pay-per-views, all that type of stuff, we start to get a little bit of that back. And uh, even as a talent, like if you're a talent, why, why, why would you want to come back to no crowd yet when you could just wait a few weeks? And get a monster roar in Houston, or get a monster roar in Vegas or Arizona, wherever the hell they're going for the next couple of weeks. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that, man.
2: Yeah, it's a really good point. Um, you know what? I would love to see, and I know I'm going to make people mad to say this out loud. Bring me back the authority.
3: Mm. Just
2: get those McMahon's on my TV screen at least for like the SummerSlam. Like, just, just, I think it would be a lot of fun. I think it'd be a lot of fun.
3: I just don't want it to be where every week they're just the opening segment. Cause I felt like when they were around. That's oh no, no, what no, it, no. Not that. I that's what I just got sick of personally. But I wouldn't mind like I feel like it definitely could spice things up, but as long as there's like a, a fine line of how much they're using them. Cause I felt like it just ended up they ended up leaning too much into it once they were
1: Yeah. Around. I'm not I'm not too crazy about this is the one time me and Dave might disagree. I'm not crazy about seeing the authority anytime soon. I'm enjoying level-headed management between like Adam Pearson, and Sony Deville okay. just being like, you know, yeah, you know, what? let's let's not do that. Let's how let's just, you know, they're not power hungry, they're not they're not they're not swinging their authority here and there. They seem like regular guys that you got to report to when you have a job and if you want to make your show a little bit more realistic, I've had way more, I've worked for way more Adam Pierce's and Sony Deville's than I have McMahon's in my life. What about
2: Daniel Bryan as corporate champion with the authority around him? Would do you uh, do? Gosh,
1: I don't know. I don't know. Nah, I don't know. I think Daniel, <laughs> da- I've, I love, I love Heel Daniel. I love Planet Saver Daniel. I love Vegan Warrior Daniel Bryan. I don't know if he can pull, I'm sure he can. But I'm not sure if I want to see him try and pull off Corporate Champion. I feel like Corporate Champion has been done to death.
2: I was watching old Raw videos this week. What was the, the one where Stone Cold comes out in the suit and the ball cap and, and then does the, 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 the ball slap
1: to the Vince? <laughs> the nut tap.
2: <laughs> My God, that was one of the best episodes of, of wrestling television that must have ever existed. This was the I'm pretty sure this is all well, it's, it's either one or two episodes, but there's um, the same, it was like the same episode where like DX reunites or like at the post-Sean DX with like X coming back. There's just so much good stuff in one episode of TV. Um, at the end of the match, the, at the end of the show is the cage match where the new age outlaws are revealed to be members of DX and the, the, all of DX is in the ring, like beating up Mick Foley, uh, and Terry Funk. And that's when Mick Foley has this big turn because he goes crazy. You know, anyway. Good Those stuff. Good,
1: great stuff. Great stuff. I love man. I
2: love old wrestling. <laughs> I, love, I love attitude era. I you know, anyway. Um what do we need to talk about anything else? We got to get out of here. Sorry, it's a short. I know, I know we do got to
1: get out of here. What um, else,
2: John John, do you have any suggestions for what you want for SummerSlam?
3: I had two things. So one, I well, I love the idea of like Edge versus Seth Rollins. I feel like Drew McIntyre needs that type of matchup more. I think Edge this year, like that promo he had right before WrestleMania was like probably my favorite promo of the year where he like opened it with the, you know, common sense isn't that all that common, blah, 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 blah. But where he's playing like the heel that makes sense, I feel like that would be perfect to kind of build Drew's character up right now because I feel like now that he's not in the title hunt, this is where we really see, can he be that baby face like pillar that they've tried to show him to be so far with the title on his shoulder for the past year. I feel like this is where you can really make that. And then my other one, bro, every week Matt Riddle finds a way to just keep me entertained. I want him <laughs> to win the Money in the Bank briefcase. And yep. they don't need to... He doesn't need to necessarily have that rivalry with Orton now, but something at SummerSlam where it's like a memorable like moment for him that he's on his way as Mr. Money in the Bank. Like, he's a future world champion because he's just... In terms of like efficiency, every time he's on camera, like it's entertaining, whether it's in-ring or backstage just doing the goofy stoner shit, like it's just it's hot, it's great television.
1: Nah, he's my he's my odds-on favorite to win the to win that briefcase. I've as soon as I saw him in there, even before he won his, his qualifying match, I'm like, that dude is gonna be scooting to the ring with a briefcase in his hand by the end of the summer and cashing in and becoming the world champion. No, this is
2: going to be the Money in the Bank man purse or whatever. The the, 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 <laughs> the,
1: the briefcase is going to
2: be buckled across his chest. It's a satchel. It's a satchel,
1: Dave. It's going to be a Money in the Bank satchel this year. I'm looking forward to it. And he's going to have all types of paraphernalia in there, which, you know, it's 2021. We're getting a little loosey-goosey with the weed content on WWE. So let's see how far they take it, especially with SummerSlam in Vegas because you know it's legal there. <laughs>
2: Well, listen. That's it. You know. Oh, the one other thing we I keep saying we got to have a segment about this, um, and we we're not going to have a segment about it because it's going to be just like old news by the time that we get around to it. But Jimmy Smith is doing a bang up job on Monday Night Raw, yeah. I, and and Helen Cell thought he was just fantastic, fantastic stuff. He's a great announcer. He's a very smooth fit. Um, it's like he was born to do it.
1: It's yeah, he weird. was. He's doing great. Was, and and uh, and Pat McAfee. Killed it, at, Oh, at, at on oh. Shout out to him. Yeah, Pat is doing a fantastic job on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's some
2: good hires there. Um. Anyway, we got to get out of here. Kaz, you want to do some plugs?
1: Yes, sir. Check me out on Say Less with Kazoki and Rosie each and every Monday, youtube.com slash Kazim, everywhere you check podcasts. Your boys back on MSG PM next week, starting uh, 10 p.m. Monday through Friday. Check your local listings for that, especially in the New York area and an MSG network. And uh, I think that's it. Oh, if you miss if you missed me, check me out on Peacock on the Ultimate Show with Sam Roberts, Matt Camp, Ryan Popola. Great stuff. Booking the ultimate Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Um, if you didn't check it out before Hell in a Cell on Sunday, it's it's available on the network whenever you get it. Um, I think that's all my plugs, man. All right, man.
2: Uh, you guys can catch me here. You can catch me on the press box. Uh, Babyface uh, production assistant, John, thank you for popping on this week. And thank you for recording us as always. Hey, what am I supposed to officially say right now? This show was... What is the What is the line I have to say? Or is that enough?
3: Yeah, no, that's, that's fine. As long as you just say my name at the end, I, I don't think anybody really cares. And you said production assistant, we're good.
2: I'm contractually obligated <laughs> to say the name, to say production assistant, John Kerma. That's a great way to get over as a heel, just as I'm forced to read your name and title at the end of every show. But we love you and we love what you're doing. For now, the heel turn is <laughs> not far away. Uh, apologies as always to John Moxley. We'll see you back here next week, human. You know.
0: Tony Schiavone here on The Mass Man Show. We
2: are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on The Mass Man Show.